Welcome to the Mapped Out Money Podcast, where we help you understand finance and manage your money so you can get on with living your adventure. You're listening to episode number 28. And today's sponsor is the Mapped Out Money resources page. This is a list of a bunch of different books and podcasts and YouTubers that Hannah and I have followed and learned from and uh, are genuinely interested in. And it's influenced a lot of the thinking that we share on this podcast. Now, if you go to mappedoutmoney.com forward slash resources, you can see all those links over there. And most of those links, especially the ones for books, are actually affiliate links. So if you click through them and then end up purchasing something, we do get kickback. And it's a great way to support us and support the show if you're interested. So if you'd like to check that out, mappedoutmoney.com forward slash resources. Before we jump into the main part of today's episode, um, I kind of wanted to give a little preface just to say that if we ever come across like we're lecturing you on what you need to be doing or whatever on this podcast, um, that's definitely not what we're trying to do. And any any episode, especially like today's, um, these are things that Nick and I are trying to work on in our own life. So we're definitely not not telling you this like we do this perfectly and um, like this is something that we have mastered and so that you should follow us and do what we're doing. Um, we we came up with this episode because it's something that we've been thinking about and trying to do better about in our own life. And so we wanted to kind of share some of the ideas that are, are helping us work on it. Um, I think uh, the vast majority of the time, you know, what we're talking about on this podcast is either stuff that we have struggled with or are actively struggling through uh, and sort of just sharing some of the stuff we have found in the past or are currently finding to be helpful. Um, so I would definitely second that. Yeah. If we're ever lecturing, we're lecturing ourselves, not you. So <laughs> Bingo. Bingo. All right. So how do we how do we want to kind of get into today's topic about about this entertainment? Well, I wanted to start out talking about a book that I read from Rebecca Lyons. Um, and that's her I think it's her newest book, Rhythms of Renewal. And that was the source of this kind of whole idea. So I'd like us to start there. And in her book, she quotes another book. This is like book inception here. Bookception um, here. Yeah. So she quotes Neil Postman, who wrote a book called Amusing Ourselves to Death. And um, the quote that she includes in Rhythms of Renewal is this. People will come to adore the technologies that undo their capacities to think. And so after she quotes that, she kind of goes on to provide this commentary on that idea. She says, we're stuck in a culture of boredom, one which keeps us chasing entertainment. And we have so many entertaining options, video games, streaming services, handheld devices. No matter our age, dreams get squashed when our lives are consumed with entertainment and technology. Um, and then she also said that instead of jumping to entertainment, we need to sit in silence and dream. And so that resonated with me because we talk so much about dreaming when it comes to your money and using your money yes. in a fulfilling way. Absolutely. I mean, we just did a, you know, a whole episode about creating a dream budget and how that budget does truly help you achieve those dreams. And, you know, like you said, um, even right when we started this podcast, we did a whole series on marriage and money and talked about how you have to create a, a shared vision or a shared dream and you want to create this culture of dreaming in your marriage together about the future. And that's going to help you, you know, come together and get on the same page so that you can build a budget and start to use your money to help achieve those shared dreams. Yeah, it's such an important step. But like over and over again, that's what we get messages about people having the yes. hardest time with. Yes. That's what I was going to say is, you know, it's easy for me to say, hey, you just need to dream, you know, and get really clear on your dreams. But I think that piece is um, is sometimes difficult. And I think you're, you're spot on. I mean, I even notice it for myself. I think you and I um, have, have done a decent bit of, you know, consciously making sure we're not um, – you know, just entertaining ourselves all the time, right? We don't have cable. We have a relatively small TV because we live in an RV and we still catch ourselves all the time, whether it's on social media or um, whatever else, where we're just sort of passively, mindlessly consuming things. Uh, and that does 
take away from what Rebecca Lyons says about sitting in silence and allowing yourself to dream because we're, we're basically just cramming every second of every day full of either work and being busy or entertaining ourselves. And we never, ever sit down to just be still and think. Totally. And I think um, the Airstream, like transitioning into Airstream life helped us cut down on some of our entertainment options, you know, because we did make that that switch to not having cable and, you know, we don't always have the best service for streaming things and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but even with that smaller variety of distractions, we still find ourselves doing a lot of mindless scrolling and, you know, stuff like that, that everybody does. And so I think this has come to the front of our minds again, as we're trying very hard to make the transition back into a house. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We are maybe someday we'll have another house update. We'll see, but we don't want to jinx anything yet. So, um, so yeah, so I think it's come to the front of our minds again, because, you know, again, we're about to go through kind of a transition period, hopefully fingers crossed. Um, And so thinking how, how we can, carry forward some of the improvements that we've made and how we can continue to make improvements in this area, um, you know, during this time of transition. And before we get get too far down this road of the entertainment thing, I want to go back to how this does tie in with money, because I think it can be confusing going, okay, why are we talking about, you know, media and entertainment on on a personal finance podcast? Um, And it really does go back to sort of that dreaming piece. And I, I do think there's an argument here for for also like motivation and not in the sort of rah, rah, let me get pumped up and watch some YouTube video that has some inspirational music. That's going to make me all like super hyped, but motivation in that, that a lot. Although I do that a lot. <laughs> um, I think that was like one of the the things early, and this is real side sidetracking, but in our dating, I don't know, you tell me, I feel like when you found out that I used to run to like inspirational, motivational music, um, did, was that a red flag for you? It wasn't like, music. Uh, no, no, no. Don't don't say that. It was not music, y'all. It was like inspirational speeches. And and he like for a long time, I'm talking like, you know, he might go out and like exercise for an hour and the whole time just be listening to like inspirational speeches. And I just yeah, thought it's like all those movies, boring. you know, like all those um, sports movies where you got like Al Pacino being like, you guys got to go out there and every inch fight, better. you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Anyways. When I'm talking about motivation for the budget, I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is um, in order to stay in order to stay motivated to push you through, just like we talked about in the last episode, a large part of that is you have to know why you're trying to get better with money. And you're not going to get better with money if you're not actually motivated to change your behavior, to change your spending, to change your savings, to actually invest. Unless you're motivated to do any of that, you're never going to do it. And how do you get motivated? It's through dreaming and getting really clear on what your dream is. And so that's why we're talking about entertainment and um, mindless consumption and the potential that entertainment is actually killing your dreams on this podcast. Because if you don't ever give yourself time to dream because you're so um, focused or, or so subconsciously using all of that time for entertainment... Um, then you're never going to get clarity on those dreams. And that means you're never going to get better with your money. So I think with that being said, I think the the first thing that we have to do is like everything else that we talk about on this podcast, it's so nuanced. So when you say entertainment, you know, what does that even mean? Um, and there's lots of stuff that's entertaining that's also really productive and good for you. So to slap a label on something and be like, entertainment's horrible and it's killing your dreams, you can't do that. So we need to refine that a little bit and recognize that obviously not all entertainment is bad. And there's lots of good entertainment. And most of the time, even entertainment that you might put into the bad category Um, it has a time and a place too. So just recognizing that there's a time and a place for most things where we're having a, um, a nuanced conversation about how to improve yourself and make sure that entertainment isn't holding you back from that. So the first step, I think, is we wanted to identify and differentiate 
active versus passive entertainment? Yeah, I think your differentiation here on the active versus passive is important. And I think we all can agree that being a sort of mindless slob that does nothing productive at all ever and only ever consumes passively is no good, right? We don't want to to spend 24 hours a day doing nothing but mindlessly consuming. We can all agree about that. But on the other end, to your point, Hannah, we're we're not advocating for you becoming a robot where every, you know, every second of every minute of every hour of every day is extreme uh, active productivity um, and, and improvement. And there's some, sure there's some balance here. Definitely not what our life looks like. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, but just like what we talk with money about, um, it's all about being conscious with your dollars. It's the same thing with your time. And so if we differentiate this active versus passive, I think it's a good place to start with thinking through how are you spending your time? How are you spending the the minutes and the hours? Um, and how do you really wish you were spending those minutes and hours? And are you spending them in a way that is helpful to help you achieve those dreams? So Give me some examples of like when you say active entertainment, what are you what are you meaning? We when we talked about this, we felt like the defining factor, defining element of active entertainment is that there's some sort of improvement or creation involved. So whether it's hobbies, working on cars or home decor or bird watching or anything like that that you think of traditional hobbies, reading, writing, drawing, crafting, exercise or outdoor activities, um, learning stuff with friends. So maybe that's beer or wine tastings or touring a historic building. Maybe it's playing board games or cards, or maybe it's just sitting down and having a meaningful conversation. You know, all of those things have an element of improvement, development, or creation involved. There's something productive coming out of them. One of the things I like about this too is, and we're going to get into this, but some of these things or a number of these things could be considered passive, right? Like drinking beer. That's could be passive depending on how you're doing it, but you've got it really here under the learning with friends, right? And so if you're going to a beer or wine tasting or going out with friends, and in a way there's there's some sort of um, element of improvement or some sort of element of um, building those relationships that even if it's entertaining and fun, um, it's also active and requires engagement. It's not you just mindlessly consuming. And so there's a benefit um, in addition to the fact that it's fun. Yeah. And with alcohol specifically, I just heard, you know, Ben Greenfield on Gabby Reese's podcast talking about Mm this. And it stuck out to me because it's so much how it is with money. You know, money is just this arbitrary thing and we can use it for good or bad. And so alcohol is the same way. So if you're going out and getting super drunk and you don't even remember hanging out with your friends, obviously that's not using alcohol in a positive way. However, if you're hanging out with people who are all drinking responsibly, like nobody's drunk, but you're enjoying um, a nice wine or um, a, a good beer, or whatever, that can serve as a real conversation um, elevator is what, you know, Ben Greenfield said, you know, it, it just kind of helps everybody relax a little bit. You get into some, some better conversations because people feel more comfortable and at home and, you know, it, it can be this tool to help facilitate um, active entertainment with friends. Well, and it facilitates building relationships, right? Which is a lot of the, you know, I grew up in a, um, a, a, a cultural environment, I guess, where like you did not drink at all. Um, and the argument for drinking um, from a lot of friends or, you know, uh, other folks was always, well, it, it helps build relationships because, you know, of basically what you just said. Um, and I agree that when used in that way, they're 100% right. When you take it too far, just like what you were saying, then it, um, it actually, like if you go out and you don't even remember it, well, you didn't really build a relationship, did you? <laughs> because you yeah. don't even remember. You know what I mean? Like, like now, now that's that's not even going along with what you're saying. It's trying to to do. And so, I think just like with money, what you said was real key, and I want to drive that home. Of, um, I think most of these things, most entertainment, most uh, things with money are amoral, right? They don't they don't have this intrinsic good or bad about them, but it's all in how you use them. 
Um, and I think that's the point here with the entertainment. So if if that's all of our active stuff, you know, what is our passive entertainment? Um, what did you say? Remind me, you said that the active entertainment is something that has an element of improvement or creation. So then mm-hmm. passive entertainment would basically be the opposite of that in large part. <laughs> there, there's no creation and just pure consumption. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, some things that come to mind here would be mindlessly scrolling social media, just purely vegging watching. Vegging out in front of the TV. Yeah, vegging out in front of the TV. Um, and you're not like a filmmaker or doing it for educational purposes. You're just like, you know, literally binging Netflix mindlessly with no sort of sense of improvement. Um, that would be considered, you know, passive entertainment. Yeah. But of course, you know, as with everything in life, it's not all black and white. And there's this huge gray area in the middle. So depending on how you're watching TV or watching movies or playing video games, you can be using those things to um, develop your own craft or Mm -hmm. um, develop relationships with people or whatever. So it's there is so much gray in here. So I don't want anybody to feel like we're saying that TV or anything is evil and you should never watch it or that's not what we're getting at here. We're just we're just trying again, like we always are talking about being mindful when it really comes down to it. Yeah. The video game thing is really interesting, too. Like, um, did you see all the controversy around um, Joe Rogan? Well, I mean, there's always controversy around Joe Rogan, but <laughs> um, there's the controversy. He made some comment on maybe a couple months ago about video games, um, just, you know, sort of um, how negative and bad and terrible they are and how really? everybody who plays them is just, you know, mindlessly sort of uh, wasting their life and their time and and stuff like that. And, and he said it off the cuff and, you know, he records his podcast live. There's another reason we don't do ours live uh, because <laughs> I say things sometimes that we need to edit out because uh, it's Editing is you know, our friend. Yep. It is our friend. And so he makes this comment, right? It goes viral. And there's a lot of people, especially of his generation, that totally agree with that you know and then there's obviously a whole uh, another group of people who were like no like actually you can play video games and make a full-time living at it you know playing video games they would uh liken to the same thing as playing sports uh, and Mm -hmm. becoming a professional athlete you know and yes it's difficult but so is making it in the nfl we're not really here to, to debate that, but I think the the point is more about that gray area. And and Joe Rogan ended up kind of walking back a statement and clarifying and giving context and basically said, okay, listen, let me try to explain this. I personally have trouble with video games. I really like them. And um, when Jamie and I had an Xbox here at the office, we literally would play for six hours a day sometimes. We would not get any work done. It was really, really bad for me and I get addicted very quickly. And so for me... There is not much good that comes out of it, and and I just basically have have walked away from them. And he should have explained that up front. But the point is, for other people, actually playing video games might be a job. It might literally make them, you know, quite literally make them hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. Uh, And maybe for other people, it's just like the alcohol is, and it's a good social thing where they do it with their friends. They help them build relationships because they're doing an activity. They can also talk about um, deeper things and have conversations while they're playing. You know, that's something that I used to do a lot when I was playing video games back, you know, years ago. So to your point, there's active, you know, entertainment, passive, and then there's this gray area that has to do with how you're doing it. And Basically, what you just described is that it all comes back to self-awareness and what are the things that hold you back? Maybe they don't hold other people back, but maybe they're a struggle for you. Um, Because I I think the interesting part of that, anybody who is familiar at all with Joe Rogan knows that this guy who, you know, came out strongly against video games. On the other hand, he's totally fine with using hallucinogenic drugs for what he claims to be productive reasons. So we won't get into that. It's not going to be a practice that I get into. But, you know, it's just interesting. It's like, okay, so you are against video games, but you're fine with this and feel like it's productive for your life. So self-awareness. Self-awareness. Yeah. (laughs) I'll tell you, the one thing I'm really... <laughs> the one the one thing I'm really struggling with right now um, when it comes to this is Twitter specifically because I've gone back and forth on whether or not to just completely walk away from Twitter. And I'm, I think it's particularly strong right now because of the election coming up next month. And so every time I get on Twitter, it's just, gosh, it is so just so much like nastiness and, and, and vitriol and just people yelling at each other. Um, 
but it is also entertaining because I'm like, oh my gosh, what did so-and-so say? I can't, oh my gosh, they're, I can't believe they said that, right? And so I just, I mindlessly catch myself scrolling for half an hour on Twitter. And so on the one hand, that's passive entertainment. That's not productive. That's not helping me dream. It's not helping me sit in silence. It's not helping me, you know, really improve my life in any way. On the other hand, I've learned a lot from some of the people that I follow on Twitter around some of the hobbies I'm interested in or business or finance. Um, and and they've really improved my thinking. And um, there's no other social media platform out there right now that gives you access to great minds in that way, in that format. And so I find myself going back for for those things, but I'm still struggling with curating my feed in a way that doesn't lead to passive mindless negativity, but instead does get the sort of uplifting learning that I'm that I'm looking for. And so again, it's just one other example. That's one that I'm personally struggling with right now to to figure out the balance for me. Yeah. So so I guess to kind of tie a little bow on this section and move us forward, you know, there's a lot of gray area between like, you know, okay, what's active and what's passive. And it's going to vary from person to person. The The big thing that we want to emphasize is that we think active entertainment requires you to follow your curiosity. Yeah. So you're learning something you didn't know or developing or improving a skill or a relationship that you didn't have. Um, so, you know, there, there's something positive and productive coming out of it. But that being said... I think as humans, our go-to default is is passive entertainment. And if that's our default, then why why do we even want to try to fight against that? Like, why is that an important thing um, to try to get ourselves out of the habit of and switch over to active entertainment? And so we've we've kind of got five things that we feel like are important reasons of why you need to be more mindful and trying to focus more on active entertainment. And so one is that active entertainment helps you become a better version of yourself. And Nick and I talk about this a lot in our marriage. We've been through a lot of growing pains in our marriage. We by no means have a perfect marriage at all. Nobody does. Um <laughs> But the big thing, you know, the important thing is that we are always trying to improve ourselves and and show up as the best version of ourselves for the other person. And and I can definitely say that while we might have a day in there where that wavers on the whole, like we both are consistently trying to do that because we love each other and we want to show up for the other person. And I think active entertainment helps you do that. So and if you're not married you should still want to do that for for yourself and for the other people that are around you that you care about, whether it's your friends or your family or whatever. And really point, point number one of these sort of five things about, you know, why active entertainment is helpful um, to keep in mind as you're listening to this, point number one is really uh, also the culmination of the other four. And so the other four points are a little bit more hyper-focused. But they all lead into this fact of like active entertainment makes you a better person, makes you a better person to be around. It makes you a better person uh, uh, to be friends with, um, to be in relationships with. Uh, and it also just improves your own sort of uh, life happiness and fulfillment. And so that that's ultimately, you know, why we think that active entertainment is I mean, that's why we're doing an episode on this, because we think it's that important. Yeah. The other point that I'll touch on there is that when you when you are trying to show up in that way in your own life and be the best version of yourself that you can be. Um, it makes other people around you want to do that. So, yes. you know, ideally you're not, you're not helping others in an obnoxious way with that. Um, but in a way where they look at you and they like what they see in you and they want to do those same things in their own life, you know, not that they're copying you, but they're like, wow, they're really working at this thing and working at that thing and trying to be better at this. And like, I want to push myself like that. What are the things in my own life that I want to be pushing myself to improve in? Um, so I think that's a really important thing that comes out of it too. All right. So the second uh, sort of second reason that active entertainment is important is that from a, a neurological standpoint, it literally improves your brain uh, with this thing called neuroplasticity. So that's a big word. I never took any sort of neuro classes. Hannah, why don't you tell us what that means? Let me just look up the actual definition because I could tell you like in my mind what it means. Okay. 
Neuroplasticity. It's the ability of neural networks in the brain to change through growth and reorganization. These changes range from individual neurons making new connections to systematic adjustments like cortical remapping. Wow, some more big words. Um, but what's what's really interesting about neuroplasticity is when you're using your brain and you're pushing your brain to do new things, like you're your neurons, they make all these new connections and basically they learn to work better and they learn to work better with each other so that your brain is continuing to improve. But there's all these studies that show that the second that you stop doing things that are using those connections, your brain starts pruning them back because humans we're, we're efficient. So if we're not using something, our body's not going to dedicate the energy that it requires to maintain those things. It's like, oh, well, they're not using that anymore. So we'll neglect it and let those things die off because they don't need it anymore. Um, so I think that's the big thing with neuroplasticity. And not that all of this is within our control because, you know, obviously it's not. But there are things that we can do to try to maintain and improve our quality of life for as long as possible. And so pushing yourself in these areas and, and trying to grow and better yourself is one of those ways. And if you've watched people around you age, you know that it can look really different. Um, you know, especially like when I was in working in nursing homes, I would see 60 year olds who could hardly get around and um, had severe memory loss issues. And then I would immediately go see a 95 year old who was still working with her son and helping him keep the books for his business and seemed sharp as a tack. And again, not all of that is in our control. We don't know what health issues or anything that we're going to face, and we can't control that. But we can do everything within our power to maintain our health and wellness and improve our brains and bodies and, and, and all those things in the ways that are in our control. And so I think that focusing on this like active entertainment instead of passive entertainment is one of the one of the important ways that we can do that. Yeah. Is it, is it fair to say to me, this sounds a lot like, you know, working out. Right. Uh, if I want to. Yeah. Um, grow my, my biceps. I got to I got to work them out. Um, if I want to make my legs stronger, I got to work them out. And the more you work out, the more consistently you work out, the longer you're going to be able to use your body. Um, right. People in their 60s and 70s who've worked out every day for 40 years have a much higher quality of life than folks who didn't. Uh, and so it's similar to working out your brain. And so when you are mindlessly consuming, you're not you're not stretching your brain muscles. You know, you're not you're not helping that neuroplasticity. And so when you when you're doing active forms of entertainment, um, you are. Absolutely. So I talked for a long time about neuroplasticity. So why don't you why don't you talk to us about the third, <laughs> third reason? All right. The the third reason active entertainment is so important is that it forges strong relationships when you do these activities with other people. So watching a movie, for example, by yourself is very passive. If you at least take that up one notch and watch it with others, now you've at least got something to talk about, right? Well, I was just going to push on you a little bit. I mean, just because you're watching it by yourself doesn't necessarily mean that it's passive. You may be really into sure, movies and film sure. and and analyzing how they did this angle to emphasize that thing or whatever. So it's sure. not necessarily passive. So, but no, that's fair. to make your point, we'll pretend that it is. Let's pretend that you're going to watch it passive, right? Versus watching it with somebody else that now you can talk about it and it gives you something to engage with. Um, this is why, you know, playing board games together and going on hikes together and playing cards and doing hobbies together, it forges those relationships, which, you know, at the end of the day is um, what, we certainly believe life really is all about and comes down to is uh, the relationships with each other. So the reason that active entertainment is so much better than passive entertainment is that it naturally gives you something to forge stronger relationships around. Totally agree. All right. Number four uh, is that active entertainment leads you to other areas of curiosity that you didn't even know you had. We've talked about this a lot with, you know, reading or watching YouTube videos or 
um, really, I mean, really all, all kinds of stuff, right? I used to watch uh, Peter McKinnon on YouTube religiously because I wanted to learn how to do uh, videos and I wanted to learn how to make videos and make my videos better. And Peter McKinnon is super into coffee, super into leather crafting, super into magic. He's really into all these different things. And he did a, uh, a whole video dedicated to another YouTuber that I like all about his leather crafting and how he does uh, all of his leather making and all this, he, he they tore the shop and all of his tools and all this stuff. I didn't know that I was interested in that at all. And I still haven't ever done anything with it other than I've now purchased more leather products. And I've thought that one day I would mm-hmm. kind of like to, you know, figure out how to make my own leather wallets and things. Um, and that's something that I never knew that I was interested in. But because I was interested in cameras and how to shoot cameras and was educating myself on that, I found this other area of interest, right? And and I've got a million examples for me doing that because I'm interested in a lot of different stuff. But it it totally, again, and it's all working to make you a better person um, at the end of the day and, and help keep you younger longer. And all of these all of these points really do work together. And so when you engage in that active form of entertainment, you continue to find other forms of active entertainment that you want to go engage in and it all builds on itself. Yeah. And the other kind of point to touch on there is that when you start doing this in one area of your life, it can lead you to making improvements in an area that seems completely unrelated. So um, even if you just start trying to read more instead of watching TV, you never know, that might lead you to other areas of curiosity that lead you to improving your finances somehow. Um, You know, so all of these all of these things work together and really do lead to improvements in a lot of areas of your life, even if it feels like maybe they're not connected initially. I think we've continually been surprised by that. I mean, it's even like it's even like me reading the Rebecca Lyons book. That's a that's a Christian author. And it's, you know, it was a book about um, I don't I don't know. It's kind of focused on like restoring your your energy and refocusing your life a little bit, but I pulled things out of that that connected to finance for me. Yeah. Um, yep. So, you know, you can, you can be doing something productive in one area and it can lead you to thinking about making productive changes in another, in another area. Totally agree. And, and, and that, I mean, that even goes back to what we talked about um, a few episodes back where if you're really struggling to get on the same page financially and sort of make progress with your money, Maybe don't even start with money, right? Maybe start with something else uh, that feels a little bit easier to get into and then go from there into talking about, you know, and and improving that area of your life with money. Um, Because when you can build confidence in improving one area, it leads you naturally to focusing on other areas. Again, this all, all ties together. So what is our sort of fifth reason here? for active entertainment. So our fifth reason, as Christians, we believe that we were all created by God and created in His image, which inherently makes us creators. So I really, I think that is so true. I heard, again, I heard Ben Greenfield talk about that specifically on Gabby Reese's podcast this morning. And um, that just really rang true with me. And I think that's something that I, I know that in my head, but maybe I don't always think about that a lot. Um But I think that's really important. And I think that when we fall into this cycle of just only consuming, we're we're not satisfied. I think that's an extremely important point. And, you know, there's maybe two things I'll say here. Number one is absolutely like um, if you read the Bible and you read through sort of um, God's nature, he is a creator at heart. And um, the fact that he created us to be like him means that we also have this desire uh, and are, are, are and find a lot of fulfillment in creating. It doesn't mean we only ever create, though, right? And, and that's sort of you find that out of the gate in Genesis. God spends six days creating the, wor- the, the earth and the, the planets and the stars and the galaxies and then spends the seventh day, you know, resting. And so it's not to say that you, again, always have to be this robotic, productive person, but it is to us pointing back to the fact that we believe um, that humans need and have this intense desire and need to create. That kind of brings to the second point, which is whether you're a Christian or not or believe in any of this, um, there are so many studies that have shown been done and shown like the amount of happiness and fulfillment that people find in creating versus mindlessly consuming and how humans need to work and we need to 
um, exert our, you know, energy in that way um, and find ways to to use our creative juices to create rather than just consume. Um, and so ultimately, kind of starting to tie back into money, if money is this tool that you use that is amoral, well, then we should probably try to use that tool as best as possible to help us find fulfillment in our life, right? We want to use our money in a way that helps us optimize for fulfillment. And we believe that a large part of finding fulfillment is through creating rather than consuming. And so how do we do that? Well, we do it by consciously stepping away from passive consumption and passive entertainment to active entertainment and actively creating things and using our money towards those things uh, rather than the passive. Absolutely. And kind of the the underlying foundation here, like like we have pointed out several times, but we always just want to make it clear the perspective that we are coming from. Like we've said, we're Christians. And so we feel like the the ultimate foundation of everything is God. And so the way that we can live a fulfilled life is by working to reflect his image more and more. And and so that's where that creating piece kind of comes in for us. We're not saying that I just want to clarify, we're not saying that you find your fulfillment through work or productivity or um, money or any of those things. Like the foundation is God and how we can reflect his characteristics more in our life um, and improve in doing that. Um, and so that that's kind of how that all ties in for us. Yep. I think that's uh, I think that's spot on. So those are those are sort of the five reasons. Um that we think that you should try to engage in active entertainment over passive entertainment. And as we sort of get close to wrapping up here, I want to really drive point this point home um, again of, you know, why we're talking about this on this podcast. And that's because everything in your life literally connects to everything else. And so, you know, when you think about, think about a typical day or week in your life and think about how one small action can lead to this sort of cascade effect of all these other actions that either help you or uh, harm you. And so if you end up, let's say, staring at your phone really late while you're laying in bed, well, now it's going to take you a longer time to fall asleep. And so then what's going to happen? Well, you're probably going to sleep in late. And what does that mean? Well, you're going to be in a rush the next morning. You're not going to have time to pack your lunch. So now you're going to need to order out or go out or order takeout, uh, which then is what? Well, that's going to blow your budget that you've so you know preciously set up. And now you've got, you know, discouraged because you're looking at your budget and it feels like, man, you just can't get anything right. And so, well, let me just, well, I'll just, I'll just get back to this next month. I'm going to just reset. I've already blown the budget for this month. So I'll restart next Monday or I'll restart next month. And now because you've eaten an unhealthy, you know, thing for lunch, might as well start eating healthy tomorrow, right? Might as well not try to eat healthy today either. I've already blown that. And now all of a sudden, you know, you're not feeling that great because again, you got less sleep because you're looking at your phone and you ate not healthy, good food. And so you don't feel great. Your energy is low. So when you get home or you're done working, you lay on the couch and watch TV instead of working out. And then guess what? It's time to go to bed. Your brain is already wired from the TV and the lighting and all of that. And so now you decide to scroll your phone for a few minutes again until you're ready to go to sleep. And the cycle goes on and on and on. Yeah, you just, I mean, I think that perfectly describes the the cycle of self-sabotage that yes. we all fall into yes. so easily. And so it really comes back to this really simple kind of concept of don't do things that make your dreams or aspirations harder to achieve. Yeah. So, you know, what makes it, if you want to wake up early in the morning and Trust me, I'm preaching to myself on this. If you want to wake up early in the morning, what makes it harder to wake up early? Staring at your phone, laying in bed and and staying up way later than you should, and then trying to set your phone down and get your brain to like come down off the high of staring at your screen and scrolling. It's hard to fall asleep then. And so then it's hard to get up in the morning. So why do we do that to ourselves? I think you're I think you're right. And so, you know, it I, I've noticed even for myself, when I leave the phone, you know, outside the uh, the very large bedroom that we have here in the Airstream. But when I leave it in the, I guess, what you would consider <laughs> living room area <laughs> um, at night, right, instead of having it right beside the bedside, uh, I definitely get better sleep because I literally cannot look at it before I go to bed because I've, I've already put it away 
in the mm. living room, and then I have to walk back to the bedroom. Um, and so just little things like that. I think you're spot on. Okay, so this has been a very, um, I don't know, what what would you call this episode? It's uh, very, a very um, reason why heavy episode. Yeah, philosophical episode. Oh, I like that. Yes, this, you know, Nick and I are so philosophical. So this is philosophical. a very philosophical episode. And so we wanted to wrap it up with, okay, yeah, that's great and all. What what should we actually do? So just like a simple action step. So if you're kind of on board with this whole idea and you think that you would like to try to be more mindful about choosing um, active entertainment instead of passive entertainment, we challenge you to come up with a list of activities that you can switch to when you find yourself doing your typical um, whatever whatever is typical mindless consumption for you. So for me, I scroll Instagram like all the time. That's like my default. I have a very well curated Instagram. I didn't want like personal life Instagram. It's like nobody knows that like I have one and now now they will because I'm saying say, the podcast. Whoops. But I only follow <laughs> I know. I only follow designers. I ignore friend requests. Like I ignore everything on there and I only follow like artists and designers that I like. And so it's kind of a source of inspiration for those things. But inspiration is great to a point, but after a certain point, that just becomes mindless consumption, just like anything else. So my challenge for myself has been that whenever I catch myself on my phone scrolling Instagram and I see that that artist do that thing, then I'm like, oh my gosh, I love that so much. I wish I could do that. I'm like, okay, well, put your phone down. And um, like right now, I've been working through a hand lettering course. so. I tried to force myself to put my phone down and go and work on my hand lettering course for at least like 15 or 20 minutes and do something productive with that inspiration instead of just sitting there doom scrolling. Yeah, I think that's solid. And and the reason I like yours in that way, too, is you're sort of doing the thing that you were going with that you were getting on Instagram to do, right? Like in your mind, you were getting on Instagram to be inspired for design and art and, um, you know, sort of this creative side. And so now, instead of doing that, you are going to, you know, go and actually be creative by working on this, you know, hand lettering skill that you've been trying to develop, which is sort of in the same vein, but taking action rather than consuming. Mm -hmm. For me, it, it's very similar. Um, so mine is Twitter, like I kind of already mentioned. And mine in particular, I do this a lot, like when I have downtime, right? So if I'm standing in line waiting for, uh, you know, the checkout at the grocery store or something like that. But for me, a lot of the time, like when I go to the, when I go to the bathroom, right? It's, it's so <laughs> easy. It's so easy just to grab the phone, right? I go, go in there, scroll through Twitter for a few minutes. Uh, and so now I'm trying to be much more conscious of leaving my Kindle on the desk beside me so that now when I go to the bathroom and I get up, rather than grabbing my phone, I grab my Kindle and I read, you know, a page or two in whatever book I'm in. And it's similar to you, right? Twitter for me, I tell myself I'm going to get on here and learn something from these people that I follow. Mm -hmm. um, well, actually, I have like tons of books that I want to read and learn from. So why don't I just read two pages in whatever book I'm currently reading through. So, um, and I've noticed myself, like, I just tend to have a much nicer, like, happier, better day when I have done that versus um, when I've grabbed Twitter uh, every, you know, every second that I that I have downtime. So for you listening, you know, think about all the times that you find yourself mindlessly consuming or having passive entertainment uh, and try to think about a few actions or a few types of active entertainment that you could replace or interject um, during those forms of, of passive that you typically default to. Yeah, because the big thing is, you know, those those forms of passive entertainment, they're so safe and comfortable and you don't have to risk anything to do them. Whereas like for me, every time I do something artistic, it's really hard and I have this, I have this resistance that I have to come up against and push through because I'm always like, well, what if I do it and I don't like it and it's bad and it's ugly? I, it's just better that I don't do it. And it's like, no, that's such a load of garbage. Like you got to push through that and do it. And it doesn't matter if it sucks. Like you're, you're getting, you'll get better every time you'll develop skills. You'll notice something that you can adjust the next time you do it. So I think, I think that's why it's so important to come up with a few things ahead of time of, okay, and make it, make it formulaic. You know, it's like having things in an Excel sheet um, or like an if then statement. If I find myself watching TV 
then I'm going to turn the TV off and read for 30 minutes before I allow myself to watch any more TV. Uh, You know, just little things like that that become automatic instead of the passive entertainment always being the automatic default. Speaking of books and uh, things that we are into and things we enjoy and have fun at, um, why don't you, uh, (laughs) why don't we get into the stuff we like? Okay, so last week, Nick talked all about Waffle House and got to nerd out over that. Um, this week is my turn, my time to nerd out over a book called House Lessons by Erica Bauermeister. I probably butchered that. I hope that's maybe a little bit right. Um, but it is a memoir that she wrote about renovating an old house in Port Townsend, Washington with her husband and two kids. And I really was not even in the mood to read that book when I bought it. We had just had the stuff happen with the first house that we were supposed to close on three days after Hurricane Sally put a tree through the roof. And so I was just kind of feeling a little burnout on houses. But for whatever reason, it kind of caught my eye and I decided to read it anyways. And she did such a good job of just talking about doing, following your curiosity, doing things that put you out of your comfort zone and highlighted that in a great way. And I think how we can improve our relationships through doing things like that. And I think that's an important aspect of our relationship to me is that we don't always go with the safe bet and a lot of time, and, and I don't mean like in an irresponsible way, but we do things that seem crazy to other people like quitting our jobs and our traditional jobs and living in an airstream. Um, and that's, that's what I've always appreciated about our relationship and that I hope we keep doing. And so, you know, this was her kind of writing about her and her husband doing that same kind of thing and, and the responses that they got. And, and also amidst the negative responses that they got, the people who stepped up in their life to support them in that. And so I thought that was really cool too. Um, she said, what, what was that quote that I told you? Um, she talked about certain people, they would tell that, yes, we're trying to buy this house. We're trying to do this, whatever. And people were like, Oh, why would you want to do that house? Do you really think you're, you're ready to do that? And I, I don't think you know what you need to know to even do half of what that house needs and you know, whatever. And she, she said, they were preaching to the choir and we didn't, she said at that point, we didn't need a choir. I think she said we needed a team. I think, that I sounds think. Right. she said, we don't need a choir. Yeah. I think that was what it was. And if I had the book here, I would tell you exactly what she said, but it was something along those lines. You know, in that moment, we didn't need a choir. We already knew all those things. What we needed was a team to come behind us and help us make that dream a reality. And so she talked about a few lifelong friends that showed up and did exactly that and just stepped in and, and helped them learn and help them uh, tackle things that were way over their heads. Um, and I think that's where life gets really fun. And that makes me think, I'll, I'm shutting up soon, but that makes me think, I think it was Van Gogh. Um, this is a similar idea, kind of related, but maybe not. And I think maybe I've seen it attributed to Van Gogh, but it looks like maybe there's some question about who said it. But basically, the quote is, I'm always doing things I don't know how to do so that I'll learn how to do them. And I I love that. And like that's how I want to live my life. I don't want to constantly be going, oh, well, I can't do that. I don't know how. It's like, well, if you come at it from that perspective, you'll never know how. Yeah. Whereas if you look at something and go like, holy crap, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do. But you know what? Let's let's make the leap. Like, we'll figure this out as we go. We can do it. We can with a little elbow grease and a little, you know, a little work. uh, We can figure this out. We can totally get this done. So I loved that book because it encouraged me to live life that way. That's the long long roundabout version of saying that. It was a great book. If you are into houses and renovating or decorating or any of that stuff, um, if you love driving by and seeing old houses that somebody has taken the time to love on and improve, you will love this book. So that's House Lessons by Erica Bauermeister. Yeah. Or uh, if you 
have no care at all about houses, but you're looking for an interesting story about someone who did something unconventional despite people in their life telling them that they're crazy, check it out. Because I think that's the other thing, right? Totally. That um, was so encouraging to you. Um, you know, <laughs> we've had that happen a lot. We continue to have it happen, and I have no doubt that it will continue to happen in the future. And so it's always encouraging when other people who have, you know, done, um, quote unquote, abnormal or outside of the box things and um, just hearing their stories and and um, their lessons from those. So one last point that I have to that I have to tie in here is what we talked about as far as um, doing something that pushes your comfort zone and, and, you know, does kind of force you to chase your curiosity and whatever in one area can lead to improvements in other areas. I think the other thing that I thought was really special about this book is she talked about how the, the one decision of choosing to take the leap and tackle this house that seemed way above their skill level, um, how that carried over into her relationship with her kids and her husband and like improved their, their family. Um, and just how that whole experience helped them develop and improve together as a family. So I liked, I liked that aspect too. Yeah. I think that's, um, definitely a cool piece that, that came out of that book and something that, um, you know, we see a lot in a lot of other areas. There's tons of, of ways that when you go back to these active entertainment that you do as a family, um, and do with, with people it brings you closer together and much stronger. And um, definitely in that book, uh, they were doing lots of active, uh, sometimes entertaining and sometimes maybe not so entertaining things as they were fixing up that house. So um, definitely yep. ties in perfectly with with what we shared today. All right. Well, I will stop talking about my book and I will get you to wrap it up for us. Sure. So um, just a quick reminder that, you know, the reason we did this whole episode today is because dreaming and thinking about the future and um, envisioning your life is extremely, extremely important to getting a good handle on your money. And you can't do that thing if you fill every single second, minute, and hour of your life with either work and busyness or passive entertainment, which is what the vast majority of us do. If we're not working, we're on our cell phones. And so it's just an encouragement to embrace silence, embrace stillness, embrace dreaming, and embrace active entertainment when you are going to try and uh, do something for entertainment purposes and how that ultimately will lead to you managing your money better and helping you um, become the person that you dream of becoming over time. So the action step today is that if you like all this, if you think it's helpful, think about the ways that you default to passive entertainment and try to replace some of those habits with something active. Um, Just like Hannah replacing Instagram with uh, her hand lettering course and me replacing um, scrolling Twitter with reading my Kindle. As always, thank you all so much for listening and we will see you next week.